Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you, not on the Outsports Podcast Network. Yes, we are back after our hiatus. We got all the ducks in the row post everything that happened with Vox Media and Outsports, and while we were very thankful to both of them for the uh, first, what, almost three plus years, three plus years of the, of the show, um, we're independent now, and the show's going to keep rolling on. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of new uh, here coming, starting today, um, but... At the, at the core of everything here in LGBT in the Ring, it is the same show. It is the same idea and the same mission to uh, use pro wrestling as a, a vehicle to talk about queer issues and queer identities and to highlight the people that are continuing to make that change in the pro wrestling world and beyond, um, both in the ring and out the ring. So... I am very, very happy that all of you are here back with us today. It's been too damn long. <laughs> I did not, whenever we heard about what was going on there, I did not expect to be on hiatus for over a month, but that's where we're at. But that doesn't matter. What does matter is the timing of coming back, because I was not going to let WrestleMania week come and kick off in Los Angeles on my coast where I'm going to be, I'm going to be in LA without coming back for a preview of it. Because this year is perhaps the queerest WrestleMania week that we've ever seen in the history of this convergence of pro wrestling on a single city around WrestleMania. Um, literally every day, starting Wednesday through Sunday, there is at least one queer-focused or queer-led event happening. Um, I think I have a piece going up on Outsports covering um, all of them, and it's just an amazing it's an amazing thing to see, to see how much more space we have carved out for ourselves in this pro wrestling world. Um, and that's kind of another part of the show today. We have a couple of guests that are going to talk about some of those events that are happening. You know, we have uh, Lady Berica from The Nobodies, who, of course, is hosting and producing The Gay Young Classic 2 on Friday, uh, March 31st, 8 p.m. over at Redline, the uh, the drag versus pro wrestler lip sync battle tournament from 2019 is back and on, and I cannot wait to see people like Kid Bandit and Billy Dixon and Faye Jackson and Shanita Bump and Pinwheel Pinwheel and Skirt Cocaine and so many others get that stage and do their thing. It's going to be amazing. And then we also have the director of Out in the Ring, Rye Levy, coming back onto the show today uh, to talk about the screening that is happening on Sunday, April 2nd, um, because the film award-winning documentary about the history of LGBTQ identities and pro wrestling, it's making its LA debut on April 2nd, right there at the end of WrestleMania week, and uh, I am going to be moderating a Q&A with a panel of people featured in the film, as well as people that worked on the film, including Rye and Effie and Danny Jordan and Susan Tex Green. It's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun there at the Highland Theater on Sunday. But we have Rye on to talk about the screening and how, how it's been taking the film around to 
really all over North America and even international um, audiences and, and screenings and stuff like that. It's been really awesome to see the, the growth and the uh, reception of of that film over time. So jam-packed show today for our first show back and our first show independent. Um, a little bit more housekeeping, though, before we get to the interviews. I have been asked about um, ways to support the show now that we are independent, um, and I can safely say that uh, we will be launching a Patreon in April. Um, I have some ideas for for patron benefits, but I am always accepting feedback and, and getting uh, input from you listeners and the community of lovelies that, that listen to the show and engage with the show. Uh, I want to make sure that if we do anything like that, that it is the best possible um, uh, rewards for everyone there. So we'll make the announcement whenever that goes live. Um, it's definitely going to be post WrestleMania week because I got too much on my plate, but, <laughs> but that is going to be going live in April. Um, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll, that's really the last bit of housekeeping, I think, now, actually, that I think about it. I thought I had more, but no. Patreon's coming. Um, glad to be on on our own and doing our own thing here. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm just excited to be back. I You can probably tell I'm talking a little bit faster than I normally do, or at least I feel like I'm talking a bit faster than I normally do. I'm, I'm bringing the energy down just a tad. Uh uh, from the manic, uh, the manic energy that I'm feeling. It's also probably because, like, as I'm recording this, it is uh, uh, not too long before I get on a plane to to go to LA for for all of these shows for the Effie's Big Game brunch for you know Brother Can You Spare a Dime um, for uh, for for the culture um, for the I'm not the Pro Pandemonium uh, the Pandemonium Pro and the uh, Relentless show happening Wednesday night like there's stuff all all week long and I am so excited to engross myself in it and uh, you know if if you see me come say hi at the same time I understand social anxiety and will not be offended at all if uh, if if you feel like you can't do that in that way. Either way, those I feel weirdly narcissistic talking about myself in that way. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll compartmentalize those feelings, put them to the side, and just say that it's glad to be back. I'm glad that we were able to make it back for WrestleMania week. I'm glad to be in LA for WrestleMania week. And let's all just enjoy this wonderful five-day period that we're going to have, just immersing ourselves in this world that we love. All right. With that, I will uh, kick off our double header of interviews by uh, going and talking to to Lady Berica. Berica, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me a little bit about the Gay on Classic Two coming up on March thirty first. Yeah, so many a weekend. Thanks for asking me to oh. speak with you. So. Obviously, like this is the the first one since 2019, back whenever you and and I think the the full collection of the nobodies were all in the New York area for that for that event. Um, what kind of inspired you to bring it back this year? 
I think, first of all, I miss being part of the wrestling community. <laughs> I also um, am putting some effort into doing more drag again. You know, right before the pandemic, I was full time. And then that just kind of wiped out. I couldn't do digital drag, even though like nobody's watching wrestling was technically a digital digital drag project. Um, the way that digital drag was happening post pandemic was just not um, for me. And of course, we all know now that the nobodies were in transition around that time. Anyway, we knew before the pandemic that Ariel was going to step away. And then she just kind of extended longer at the time. So uh, I knew that that wasn't going to be the nobodies watching wrestling or, you know, I think we extended the podcast for a little bit after the pandemic, but the way it was pre-pandemic and with YouTube was not going to be the same so um and then i moved cross country and like redirected my life and stopped doing as much drag and so like i'm just now kind of two years after being in la like kind of getting settled and wanting to like get back out there more um but mostly i just missed being part of the wrestling community it's one of the best communities um i've been part of and one of the most welcoming and then um I think around the same time, I just realized that Mania was in LA this year. And I was like, that seems like a easy thing to do. Um, spoiler alert, it has not been an easy thing to do. Um, but <laughs> um, I have some great partners over at Grudge Match Brand that are co-producing with me, um, Tawny and Remy. And then um, their partners at Angel City Printing are also helping with some things. So I'm not doing it alone. I don't think I would do it if I had to do it by myself. Um, So uh, it's a lot to put on. Um, And I'm excited to be doing it. But I also like the sad reality of taking some time off from a creative industry is that people forget about you. And so I've had to deal with a little bit of that, uh, of like, you know, um, which I think is normal. I've been a little butthurt about it, but like, it's also like the reality of like not being part of a scene means that you have to often reintroduce yourself. I've had to do that in the LA drag scene. Like I was, you know, I was a huge influence on Brooklyn drag for a long time. And then our YouTube series helped us become part of the wrestling community. But um, yeah, there's always work to be done. You can't just like kind of expect everything to fall back into place so like that's been a challenge but also cool and I'm meeting new people um including Kid Bandit which I'm excited to have them <laughs> on the show like who I think is a number of people are excited to see Kid Bandit on this show wild little jumpy thing you know like <laughs> I'm like uh thank god there's this wild little jumpy thing around that's willing to do um some drag crossover so. No, it's it's really awesome, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about this this event in and of itself is like how it does mix those two cultures in the way or the in the way that it does, especially considering like where it was born out of with with the nobody's watching wrestling and doing. Um, I'm curious to ask that like you mentioned like part of the reason why doing this again is to kind of get back into the wrestling community. What is it about the wrestling community that kind of makes you want to? enter it like what was that experience like for you i don't know i just wanted to hang out with my friends again 
<laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's valid. Uh, not it's we, valid. Yeah. I think often, and you find this with drag, is that, like, if you're not doing it and you're not in it and you're not at the shows, you're not really hanging out with your friends that do it. Uh, and some people are more friends than others. And so, you know, um, yeah, I could go to wrestling shows and hang out with my friends, but it wouldn't be the same. So, um, um, yeah, it was just like an idea. And um, I think, I don't know, the wrestling community just gave me so much, you know, like, um, <laughs> and like accepted my just like hot takes of not knowing anything. Like, speaking of not remembering things that I say, I have a cross-stitch from someone um, um, of something I said on the show, and it says, nice, nice guys let you titty fuck them. And I have I had no re recollection at the time that I had said that, but it was definitely about Big E, and uh, I definitely um, don't regret it. I, I wouldn't regret that either. It's, it's um, on brand. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it was twofold. I want to get back into the drag scene, but also, like, um, it just seemed like it, it made sense. And I think we were planning on doing the second Gay Young Classic in Tampa in 2020. And then, of course, things happened. And I feel like both me and Accident Report were like, it was like this blue ball situation of like, we had a really great lineup planned for that show. And um, I guess I was hoping to kind of like resolve that trauma, if you will, and then um, just play and have fun. And, you know, I haven't, uh, it's been hard to get booked in LA. So I, I resolved that I would have to start producing again. And so, um, this seemed like a good way. And we're doing it at like one of the main gay bars in downtown LA, which is cool. So I need people to come out so I can prove myself. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely understand that the, the plight there. Like, I'm curious to ask you about like the differences between like the Brooklyn drag scene and the LA drag scene, so to speak. Cause like, I felt like obviously like I didn't, I wasn't there for the first gay young classic. You know, I've heard, so many stories about what happened there. In oh, tell days. me the stories you've heard. I mean, I, I, I've had, I've talked to Accident Report a couple of times, and I've heard, I, you know, I've heard a lot about Brody King. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, there was a dildo involved for sure. Yes, and that sort of and like it just seemed like a really awesome experience, and like one that was, you know, this is previous to like the Big Gay Brunch era, where like you didn't this, like you had an, the Uncanny Attraction show that year as well. But you really didn't have a lot of really close tie-in between pro wrestling and the, the LGBTQ community during a Mania Week event until yeah. 2019 in that way. And the Gay Young Classic felt like a really big part of that. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and I love to see all the gay events happening now. It's so fun. But it's kind of like... Um, the more events, the harder it is to like throw an event. So like, um, yeah, it was pretty special. I'm hoping, I'm not hoping to recreate it because nothing will be like that first one, but definitely hoping that, you know, and also like there are some surprises in store that I can't really like talk about yet, but 
Um, I think it will just be as much of a happening as the first one was. We didn't know when we paired up Richard DeCacco, who just goes by Richard now, uh, who is a fantastic friend of the nobodies and um, one of the leading drag kings in Brooklyn now, um, that teaming, (laughs) putting him in a battle against Brody King would become so epic, but um it was pretty crazy and so i'm hoping for some of that same magic this this go round and it's definitely going to be different the cast is so far completely different than what we had before um some of the performers i've never even seen before or met so um um so yeah i don't know if that's i forgot what question you asked <laughs> oh no it's fine i'm curious like you know th- that first one felt like it was very much defined by like the Brooklyn drag scene in a lot of ways and a lot of like what the nobodies and, and other there in Brooklyn were doing in terms of like aesthetic and in terms of presentation. Yeah. Sort of thing. It wasn't an, all Brooklyn. It wasn't all Brooklyn drag. Katrina Lovelace kind of, she is a queen of Queens. She will perform wherever she uh, is from. I believe she's from the Bronx. But okay. she performs in Manhattan, and she is also a fan of wrestling. She was also on an episode of Nobody's Watching Wrestling, if anybody remembers. But it was cool to have her there because she was she's such a fan of wrestling. So, like, yeah, Richard's Brooklyn, Shanita, Brooklyn. Shanita will be back for this round because um, uh, she, <laughs> uh, she wasn't actually – she was there at the show, but she was late because she – jumped the turnstile in one of the subways and then got arrested and taken to the slammer but got out in time to get there and hang out backstage so it's kind of like a refresh for her as well and and also Shanita lives in LA now too so it's fun um but yeah like it was definitely that Brooklyn aesthetic it was definitely just like throwing uh you know throwing something at the wall and it wasn't it was definitely this was accident reports baby um and he had this wild idea and I was like, that is a wild idea, but okay. (laughs) And it worked. And we did it at this bar that like, Oh God, the management was so shitty, but we turned it out and we packed the place. And it also helped that we paired with um, bunny Buxom's um, tassel mania, which is a burlesque. uh, I mean, a WrestleMania like wrestle inspired burlesque show that, they've done i don't know if they're doing it this year but they did for several years um so that partnership was really helpful and it was just like everything that the nobody's ever does and did was just kind of a love letter and just like just kind of like bringing all we just want to hang out with our friends and that's what it goes back to the point of like i just want to like hang out with my friends again and like for like bringing grudge match in Tani and Remy and I have talked online for years, but had never met in person. They even invited, when I moved here, they invited me to their, um, um, post wedding party. And, um, and I didn't get to go, but like, um, so I knew that we would work well together and we finally met and it just like meshed. Um, so just like the vibe of hanging out with our friends, Obviously, I want to pack the place, but like more than that, I just want to like have a fun party. Um, and you know, uh, not to get deep, but a lot of you know my what I'm doing now in my life 
is making up and making amends for, you know, my messiness from back then when I was, I would, you know, a lot of people know my struggles with sobriety and meth addiction. And so like, I was fully like not present for the last gay young classic. And so a lot of what I do now is like very, uh, making, as we say in our program, uh, making a living amends to like the mess that we created in our past. And, um, I also think like, that's why I love the wrestling community. Cause when I came out about that, there was so much, so, so much support and also like people reaching out to me that also struggled. So like, um, even if you're not a drinker, even if you don't not normally a partier, like come out, we're going to have fun. Like I, um, will be drinking diet Coke and, uh, having a gay old time. How long have you been sober at this point? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, yeah, I've been in recovery since the uh, summer of 2019, which is when I disappeared from Nobody's Watching Wrestling for a little bit. And uh, I've had a couple slips. So, like, the continuous sobriety is not that, but I've definitely been part of the program since then. Yeah. Um, that's my coy little way. I don't, you know, the after my last slip, I kind of have kept my time close to my chest, like, um, and doing it a little differently and just kind of like my close friends know. Um, but, uh, I think for anybody else listening, just know that like it works for me and it might work for you too, if you're having an issue. And also like, I'm always happy to talk to people that reach out to me. Yeah, I could definitely understand like pressures kind of being put on that to like share that a lot and that sort of thing. And like that's why I like, you know, it wasn't really a pressure. I think it didn't feel like a pressure in 2019 to share that business. Is it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. Um, it didn't feel like a pressure, but it felt like a responsibility in a way. Like when I went into recovery. Um, you know, I almost died, uh, in 2019. And so when I went into recovery, um, and, and the community that we built in Nobody's Watching Wrestling and with the wrestling community was such like the symbiotic, like we were, you know, one of the first queer spaces for wrestling fans. And, um, it gave me such like a sense of community, even though like, I didn't really consider myself part of the wrestling community the first ever. I felt like a voyeur almost, of the wrestling community, but it definitely built this, like, uh, this, um, family, uh, of sorts. And, um, I didn't feel like a pressure, but I felt a responsibility to, you know, we were so close with our fans and like, if you private messaged one of us, we will probably private message you back. Like, um, it wasn't like the celebrity of all was like really strange, but uh, it definitely made me feel um, just that I wanted to be open because I w had been so open, you know, previously. So I made it a deal with myself once I made it to a certain time, then I would come out about it and I would talk about it just to let everybody in on what was happening. Cause it was pretty obvious. We were kind of in the height of things at that moment. It was pretty obvious when I was gone. Yeah. You know, people, people asked about it. And so it was a lot of pressure for accident report and Ariel to take on. They didn't really know how I wanted it to be handled. And I didn't even know how I wanted it to be handled 
yet. And so it was a lot of pressure, like, and a lot of, you know, white lies being told in order to like, give me space. Um, and so I just wanted to come out and be honest about it. And um, it was helpful for me at the time. But now it's, you know, things progress and things change. And so now like I keep it, you know, I'm open that I'm sober. And then I'm part of the recovery community. But um, the details are more personal. I keep more personal now. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And like, you know, I was one of those people that was watching the nobodies back in 2019. And, you know, it, it was, you know, obvious that like your absence, whenever it happened, um, was noticeable. Um, but uh, I think myself, along with a, a number of other people who were watching then, like, you know, it was a really powerful moment whenever you shared that on on video. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't know, like to me, like, you know, watching the nobodies watching wrestling, um, you, it's, it's, it is like opening up a, a space for, for LGBTQ people to engage with, with pro wrestling, um, on a, on a, I guess in like a setting where like it is much more, um, comfortable. So to speak, yeah, right? well, just allowing young queer people to be like, oh, that's a nice butt, you know, like <laughs> just that small, like kind of like salacious um, moment. Like we've seen our straight male cis counterparts do that for years, like um, with the women in wrestling. And so it was a joke at first, but it also became like. we're going to get ours now or whatever. Like, it's just kind of like giving space for women or femmes or, you know, queer, queer babies to be like, yeah, I'm watching this because of the butts too, you know, like, um, and also just pointing out the fact of how gay wrestling is and how coded it's always been, you know? Yes. And, um, and just silly people take it so serious. People take, People in their fandoms take it too seriously sometimes. They definitely, they definitely do. But another real element of of what y'all were doing was like was kind of building this community within it. You know, like you said, people felt comfortable reaching out to y'all. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people would y'all were holding y'all held live shows as well. Like y'all were doing. Events Those like the so classic. Fun. The viewing yeah. parties were so fun and silly. Oh man, yes. that again. That could be fun. That could be could fun. Be and fun. those are easy to throw. It's like we we're gonna put something on the TV screen and say stupid shit about it. Cool. <laughs> but and because the, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, but like to me, like because of the community that it built, like it made total sense that there would be so much support for you whenever you you made that statement or so much support for, for Ariel whenever Ariel needed to step away from, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, there's something, there was something very, very different about the nobody's watching this that just resonated with a lot of people. Literally. <laughs> so <laughs> we would have like, like, or well, I would say we, but like our group of friends would have uh, wrestling viewing parties and it just literally came out of the comments that we would all make while we're privately watching wrestling. And Jordan, who is uh, Guarcinio Hall from Two Minutes to Late Night was like, 
let's put it on, you know, let's let's film you guys talking about this. This would be funny. And Accident Report and Ariel and I were like, okay, <laughs> we'll do this once. And I remember I was had a gig or I was at somebody else's show the night that we released the first video. And I just was like, what the fuck is happening? Like watching the counts go out up. And I was like, why is this? And I think from there, we just had to kind of like figure out why it was resonating, you know, and keep it going. Um, I often think about what would, what would it have been like, had like TikTok been like a bigger thing back then? Like, mm, yeah. Um, I, I hate social media though. So it's really tough for me to think about creating any sort of content. I'm I'm there with you. I I I don't like having to use it. It's like a necessary evil. It's a necessary evil, but I'm such like um I grew up not in the culture but really looking up to like 90s New York downtown culture and like the, there's just kind of this um romance of just throwing parties with flyers and and word of mouth that just can't happen as like it used to uh, yeah. but I still romance, romance that in my head is that another like kind of plays into another reason why the the, the gay young classic is kind of coming back here like you just kind of like feeding into that romanticism a bit yeah i'm definitely quickly realizing that it's just i'm not gonna be able to recreate where we were at three four years ago three four years ago oh my god um so it's something new is gonna happen like i'm hosting this year which is not something i was able to do uh accident report won't be here so it's gonna be a completely different vibe um i haven't asked him yet but there i'm friends with um i shouldn't even talk about this but i'm sure he'll do it if he's available uh, Eddie Extravaganza, Eddie X, he was House of Extravaganza like back in the day. Uh, and we're friends now. We met here in LA. And um, so it'll be a completely different vibe. Um, and so I'm excited for the new moments. I think right now I'm just worried about getting people in the seats. So please, if you're out there listening or reading uh, about this interview, like buy a ticket, come to the show, show up late. I don't care if you're on time um there's still gonna be crazy things there is one thing that is like 80 percent might happen that you'll want to be there for um i can't i really can't talk about that but and i hate when people do that but um there's somebody that is friends of the nobodies that really wants to be at the show um and is gonna do something really stupid that you're gonna want to <laughs> be there for um and I really hope to God it happens. I think it will. Um, I just can't say. And then there's some other people that have other like TV engagements that might show up later on that we've talked to um, that I also can't, you know, say green hair. Um, so um, there will be surprises. So like, and I still have, we still have a couple people to book. I Right now our cast is... Uh, we haven't announced this publicly, but by the time this interview comes out, it will be public. So you're getting the first um, exclusive. Faye awesome. Jackson is going oh, to be the first. Mother Faye. Mother yes. Faye will be in the fucking house. 
Um, I just confirmed that last week, and so I'm so stoked about that. She is such a blessing. Um, we have Kid Bandit, of course. Um, we have Skirt Cocaine, who is um uh, a local like gender fucky like drag king thing, like uh kind of hard to explain their drag, but more on the drag king side of things. Uh she need a bump, like I said, who is just like uh, gorgeous, gorgeous rock star, uh, and just has been a friend of the nobodies for years. Um, Pinwheel Pinwheel, who won season three of Mix Nobody competition. Ah, nice. Who lives in LA now and also is the costume designer for WoW. Um if if wrestling fans didn't know, and that's a weird kind of crossover for us. Um Pinwell Pinwell will be there. Uh who am I missing? I think Yes, and I have a couple more people to book. Um, we're just kind of waiting for some answers from people we've reached out to. But uh, yeah, really excited about Faye Jackson and Kid, Shanita, Pinwell, Pinwell, um, and Skirt. <laughs> and if you hear a cat, that is my cat. No worries. People and then are... I'll probably, you know, for those of you who have never seen me perform, I'll probably do a couple of my signature numbers in between the battle rounds. So. that'll be awesome yeah um, i was i was um, hoping you would get a chance to yeah i can't just host like that's boring to uh, it's boring to me just to be on a mic i have to like if i'm getting all up in drags i need to perform uh at some point so i'll probably do that in between battle rounds and so how it will kind of work for those that don't know is um so we're gonna have four battle rounds to start so we in the first rounds we'll pit a drag artist against a wrestler and there'll be four of those rounds or four of those battles in the first round and then we'll have four winners and then we'll pair up those four winners hopefully drag against wrestling again um, but we'll see how it turns out um and then uh then we'll have a finale um and we're going to have raffles. I have some great sponsors. Wrestle Guy Star Store is one of our sponsors. Of course, Grudge Match Brand. Um, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. Boy Package, who is um, a friend of mine from New York, who's queer-owned clothing designer, um, has donated uh, some stuff for raffle. Uh, did I say Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab? Yes. They yes. have some product that we're going to be uh raffling effie won't be at our show but we will definitely have some perfume of his to raffle <laughs> um uh, effie is so busy these days yes. um which is fantastic um and uh who am i missing and then we're doing it redline downtown la i don't know if i even mentioned that redline is a locally owned queer space which i'm glad to be part of um Oliver uh, Oliver is the owner. He also has, during the pandemic, created Downtown LA Pride. So it's um, not just a festival, but kind of an organization that helps support businesses downtown during the pandemic. He also has like a crazy documentary that just came out around that time about surviving 
uh, during the pandemic. So I'm happy to be part of that. He is good friends with one of my friends from college. So I'm like excited to work with them. We're also like from the ground up, just like there are people involved in this that aren't necessarily queer, but like queer allies. But we're definitely, I'm definitely making an effort to make this a very, very queer and locally queer event. And there's a new, um, there's a new ticketing um, um, site called Sickening Events that we're using for our tickets who, and it's, it's queer owned as well. And they have, you can use Sickening Events for any event you're doing across America. Uh, and it's, very similar to the big ones like Eventbrite, but there uh, is a lot more freebies that come with it when you're using them for your events. And you're supporting a queer person by using sickening events. So I definitely like want to encourage any wrestling promoters to start using sickening events if they're doing a queer event. That was one thing that was really interesting to see whenever y'all made the announcement about the show was that y'all were using a, an LGBTQ-owned um ticketing service which you know that was news to me that one existed honestly and that was i don't know it's really dope i think they just came out in the last year um and um i was going to use them anyway once i heard about them because a lot of the local venues are now exclusively using them and then when i linked up with redline downtown la they were like oh we have a contract with them i was like great i was going to use them anyway so um so apologies for the ticket fees, but they are going to a queer person who is doing some amazing work. So, yes. um, and, oh, one of our ticket levels, you can get a t-shirt with your ticket for only $15 more. And um, the t-shirt that's online is not the one we're going to have. Um, our designers decided to do something more special than just slapping the logo on a t-shirt. So hopefully I'll have, um, a prototype on that and it's really cool it's like inspired by like an old like boxing poster with with a lucha girl on it and um so uh it's really cute i'm excited about it and so that's from angels the guys at angel city printing are helping with that so obviously like the comparison between like drag and pro wrestling and, and how they're so similar you know it's been made so many times over uh since um since what y'all started with with the nobodies watching wrestling and that sort of thing um and this is just me talking personally i feel like the gay so much of that conversation has been centered on like how wrestling is it's close to drag more so than drag being close to wrestling and an event like the gay young classic kind of flips that dynamic a bit by putting wrestlers into the, the drag atmosphere in a way that you know it, it speaks to that same similarity, but from a completely different standpoint. Like, how do you interpret seeing, like, people from the pro wrestling world coming into the drag world in, in that way? Like, what, what excites you about that? Oh, yeah. come on over. Come on over, baby. Um, as the great Christina once put it. Um, I'm excited. Kid Bandit was like, I've never done drag before. I'm like, <laughs> girl, you just come and be a wrestler and lip sync. And Faye was like, I have to lip sync. And she just kind of giggled. Um, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, 
I feel great about it. I don't have much else to say about it. I think it'll be just uh, wild because um, I'm really excited to see everybody cut some promos for it. Because once we have our cast and our battle lineup uh, set, then um, especially with the drag artists, I think that's something we as drag artists aren't. We're used to reading people house sound boots, but uh, in a in like in a wrestling fun uh, tongue in cheek promo way. Uh, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Pinwheel Pinwheel is chaotic and off their rocker. And uh, so, and because they have now become part of the wrestling community on their own accord, kind of get how it goes. And so um, it's funny. Um, (laughs) uh, So yeah, uh, I'm excited to see the crossover and see the magic that happens like, Anytime we've done shows, we just like put people on it and whatever happens, happens. We don't really put, we don't, we've never, uh, and I say we because uh, Accident Report has absolutely been part of this process and I've like ran things by him and I even asked him if he was okay with me doing it, if he couldn't be part of it. And he was like, absolutely. So uh, he's definitely part of this planning. Um, And so, yeah, we just, we don't, we've never we've never dictated what our performers are to do in a way. It's just kind of like giving a space to do whatever the fuck they want. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, what dildos come out of the crotch as they would. <laughs> um, no, I, I love the fact that, that any, like anytime spaces like these are created, opportunities are given it's awesome to see and i'm excited to say that i'm going to be in the building so yeah i'm i'm excited to, to get you were the first one to buy a ticket person. so thank you oh nice awesome <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm excited like i like i said like i there's this i love how queer wrestlemania weekend is now uh-huh. and i love that this event is coming back to enjoy the the like to reap the the harvest that it sowed back in 2019 whenever there wasn't that much there just kind of taking up some space you you know um and it should be fun i know there are a lot of choices that weekend but i can tell you that gay young classic is going to be completely different than any of your choices and it's a way to like come see some drag and come see me perform if you've never seen me perform so uh i know there was a lot of people wanting to do that back in the day and maybe i'm um old hat at this point but i'm still doing the same old tricks <laughs> give you give yourself the credit Erica. <laughs> <laughs> and i you know there'll be, there'll be some classic things that i might that might come out of my mouth that i you know can't prepare for i hear you because i'm oh. still just as chaotic as i you know sober as i was back then <laughs> probably more i'm here for it yeah. I'm here all day for all but please buy drinks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> please support the bar. Um so uh yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that I that I didn't ask you about the, the show or anything that you wanted to touch on? Um no, but I would love and I don't know her. 
But I would love to do a lip sync battle against Poyo Damar. Ooh. I know Poyo. Is this a should we make a challenge? An official you challenge? You want to make a challenge? Make a challenge. For her to show up and lip sync me, me for her life. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you um, if you make the challenge on on Twitter, or make the challenge here, like I'm sure that that it will it will land on Poyo's ears. You never know. Well, I'm just saying. I will say this: the last time I saw her in a lip sync battle, she did uh, jump Washi Heights from behind. So <laughs> she did what? So at uh, Paris's bumping last year, back oh, in yeah. Jersey, like she she uh, attacked Washington Heights in the middle of their lip sync battle. Well, she can do what she wants, and I know she's older than me, but I am very um, fragile <laughs> and very beloved. Yes, yes. Honestly, it would be really awesome to see like like that NorCal or SoCal sort of thing there too <laughs> Bay I versus LA. Her and see if she wants to come through oh for sure um battle <laughs> Berga, this has been awesome thank you so much for taking thank you the time. let everybody know where or let, let let them know where the uh the ticket where they can get tickets for uh the gay young classic so game. you uh can follow me at the Lady Berica, T H E L A D Y B E A R I C A. The ticket link is in my bio. You can also follow the Gay Young Classic on Instagram, and all the information and all the updates will be there. Um, yeah, sickening events is where it's through. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. 
What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very pleased to have as my guest this week, as part of our WrestleMania Week preview show, um, the director of Out in the Ring, which will be making its Los Angeles debut at the Highland Three Theater on Sunday, April second, uh, with a screening with a Q and A hosted by someone very familiar uh, to, to all of you as well. Please welcome back, Rye Levy, to the show. How you doing, Rye? I'm good, Brian. How you been? I've been okay. I've been all right. We've 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 been uh, barreling towards this weekend a bit. Uh, we we caught up a little bit not too long ago, and uh, since then it's just been full steam ahead towards WrestleMania week and the LA debut of the Doc. Talk to me about kind of your feelings heading into this. I mean. You've obviously shown the documentary in multiple places, multiple film festivals, but is there anything special about L.A.? Well, I think it's just because L.A. is just such a, you know, it's one of the key cities in the United States. I mean, it's 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 Hollywood in, in many sense. Um, the industry, you know, kind of, you know, the two kind of markets in uh, the film industry in uh, specifically in the United States or New York and in L.A. And we've we've had we had a very successful successful screening in uh, New York City back in the fall. And so the time came to uh, bring the film to LA and we figured WrestleMania week was the best chance to do that. And um, with the assistance of our amazing executive producer, Cheryl Storlakis, uh, we were able to do that. We were able to set up and make available a uh, free and open to the public screening of the film um, and and keep it centralized to where all of the events are kind of happening in LA. Uh, we're not too far away from where uh, GCW is hosting uh, the collective. And we're also near uh, WrestleCon and the Biltmore Hotel. So uh, we're kind of in the, the middle of everything and uh, really excited that on uh, Sunday, April 2nd at uh, 1.30 p.m. We're going to be screening the film. We're going to start the red carpet around 1 o'clock. We're going to have a step and repeat and red carpet. And uh, a lot of our great, amazing performers from the film uh, are coming in. Uh, we're going to have uh, Poyo Del Mar, uh, Susan Tex Green, Danny Jordan, our uh, fantastic editor, Brad Webb, who's also a producer on the film. And Effie's going to be there as well. So um, we're expecting uh, a lot of people. And of course, the uh, person that everybody, uh, you said everybody's familiar with, well, that would be one fantastic Brian Bell. And, and uh, Brian, uh, they are going to be uh, moderating that uh, discussion along with myself, uh, who will be there for the Q&A. So, uh, oh, and also uh, Vandal Drummond will be there as well. So lots of really great people who have been involved in the film and uh, lots of, we're getting a lot of nice response and hopefully, uh, We'll see a really healthy crowd. Yes, that that is definitely the the hope there, and you know I'm excited that the film is going to be shown as part of WrestleMania week because it is perfect timing, right? Like with with everything being in LA, being so centrally located in that one like area of LA, it really feels like um, you know it's it's the per it really feels like a perfect addition to what WrestleMania week draw kind of offers fans is it's not just about the wrestling events right like even you know yourself you're going to be at wrestlecon with a number of the people that are going to be there on sunday as well 
Um, and, and like, I don't know, like the, to me, this kind of feels like the queerest mania weekend that we've had so far in a lot of ways. I think it's, you know, it's, I think we've transcended WrestleMania. I think we've, we've mm. gone past it. I mean, I think it's, it's, it, this is, this is about wrestling in general. I mean, WrestleMania obviously is a huge juggernaut, you know, WWE's always been that, but we're all coming to play this time. I mean, you know, WrestleCon exists in this lovely world where we bring together, you know, a lot of legends from the past uh, with young independent stars who are on the rise. Uh, we're going to see, you know, Ring of Honor, Supercard. We're going to see, you know, DDT versus GCW and Tokyo Joshi Pro and all of these amazing independent pro promotions. Um, and, you know, and culminating also in, you know, a great, wonderful celebration of uh, queer talent and professional wrestling at uh, Big Gay, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And then to be able to cap that off uh, just before we go into the second night of WrestleMania with a, this, you know, an opportunity for audiences who wanted to see the film to get the chance to see it while they're all here in L.A., it just made perfect sense. And mm -hmm. I'm delighted that with the assistance of our amazing executive producer, Cheryl Storlakis, who I can't say enough about. I mean, she has, uh, she's a person who is just a wonderful, uh, you know, philanthropist, but she has become uh, a very fast and vital ally for a lot of the work that I'm doing and, uh, and is excited to uh, dive into it. Unfortunately, she won't be able to be with us here physically. Um, she's, uh, preparing, you know, to be become a first-time grandmother, and you know, and getting ready for all kinds of wonderful things for that, and spending time with her, you know, her amazing family, and and uh, you know, has been traveling around. So, but I'm excited she's made it possible for us to do this, and um, we're we're I'm really excited that uh, we're going to be able to do uh, this with you as part of this process, and. Uh, You've been a tremendous supporter of this film, and I can't say enough wonderful things about you, Brian. And uh, it's uh, it's it's exciting, you know. And I'm I'm looking forward to WrestleCon. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, spending a couple of days there signing, signing alongside uh, Tex uh, Tex Green, our amazing uh, NWA Women's Legend, former NWA Women's Tag Team Champion, uh, and um, Tex NWA Texas Women's Champion, uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, and just one of those very important, you know, figures in the uh, history of queer representation of pro wrestling. And then, you know, young, a young, exciting talent like Danny Jordan, who is on the, uh, on the mend right now and uh, getting ready to return to uh, pro wrestling again. Uh, she's been, uh, she's had a, a number of injuries and uh, has gone through a surgery and is um, rehabbing herself and getting ready to uh, bring the mean girl back to uh, the wrestling ring. And then of course, how can we forget the manager of champions, the lovely and talented Poyo Del Mar, five time winner, five time QWI award winner, I is believe it, it's six is now. It's six now. It's six. It's either now. five or six. I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head. Poyo, well, don't, don't get on me when we're in LA. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say seven, and then she can't say. And then she can just say we talked her up even more. There you go. We just give her an extra one. It's like the Goldberg streak. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll just keep adding to it. You know, it's, it's like, you know, maybe she's also the, she, maybe she won her, maybe she won her other award in Rio de Janeiro, like Pat Patterson won his Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> One queer legend to another. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So I think the last time that we had you on the show was before you had really hit the festival circuit, like really hard with the film. What's been the response so far from audiences that you because you've been all over north america with this so far am i yeah, right we've been really lucky um you know we we won uh our world premiere we won the uh, jury prize for best canadian feature at toronto inside out lgbt uh film festival um so we were really that that started us on there we went to uh, a, a genre film festival to play at fantasia in montreal where we received the bronze documentary prize mm. we had our u.s premiere at cinequest in san jose with poyo there and uh and brad webb alongside us uh where we also um where we also want where we won the grand jury prize for best documentary feature so it's been you know we've been to new fest in new york we went i went to buenos aires with the film and this past weekend, I just had a, such a beautiful experience at this amazing and wonderful and totally accepting, inclusive film festival, uh, uh, the Annapolis Film Festival. And we were able to do, uh, our, again, our wonderful producer, Cheryl Storolakis, was able to make sure that we could have a, a lovely pre-reception. And I was able to... Uh, share the stage along with our associate producer, William Leischer and Cheryl, our executive producer, but also uh, we did a Q and a alongside uh, the immensely talented and wonderful Mr. Grimm who joined yes. us for the, who joined us for the Q and a and what was one of the most um, moving, uh, moving uh, Q and A's I think we've done so far uh, uh, to, you know, Mr. Grimm uh, likes to, uh, maintain his composure and his uh, strength and you know his he's got this very stoic and strong uh, exterior and presentation and uh, when the time came for him to talk about his experience of coming I mean his and his coming out journey uh, was very uh, was very emotional and uh, his mother was there and so were his children and uh, we were also uh, joined alongside by, and, and we were all incredibly well supported by the amazing team in Annapolis Pride. So it was just a really special weekend and just to be able to share it and, and, and be alongside some other amazing queer films. I was able to see the, uh, the new Little Richard documentary, I'm Everything, which, um, you know, like my film, seeks to position queer representation within pro wrestling. Uh, Lisa Cortez, the a brilliant um, and award-winning uh, documentary filmmaker, uh, posits queer black rock musicians and puts them in their place in history, and centers it, of course, at, at the at the in, in the amazing hands and story of Little Richard. Um, just a wonderful experience to be able to be there, and then to fly to LA and uh, be here uh, to uh, present the film alongside so many amazing talents and friends and it's just I'm, I'm really looking forward to this wonderful week mm. i can't i can't blame you and to hear the response like the that you're, you've been getting you know from audiences like internationally as well he said buenos aires i know you were over in, in germany for 
a little bit too with with the film as well. Like, what's been the has, has the response from international audiences? What's been the response from international audiences? Well, I think you know. I mean, I mean, Berlin was was a unique one because it really wasn't a film festival screening. It was the um, it was our first chance to take the film to a market where we could talk to some of the buyers. We have an amazing sales agent, uh, Diana Holtzberg of East Village Entertainment who uh, we're getting ready to announce that we are able to say, we can't say who, but we will have a uh, US, national US broadcast um, of the film starting uh, in the summer. Uh, we're just negotiating, we're just uh, finalizing the details there and uh, securing the details. And uh, this is just the beginning of a series of events. This kind of kicks off our uh, marketing campaign, uh, I guess the, um, introduction to take it further and uh we're going to be this is also the beginning where we start uh working together to present uh the film in an educational space as well and as a uh, as a tool for positive change uh one of the things i've been able to sadly uh apply to the film now is just the idea around what is happening with the anti-trans laws and these terrible drag drag uh bills that are being uh, passed with over 330 hateful, uh, you know, laws and just uh, these ridiculous um, things and these smoke screens for, I think, which essentially are, you know, using the backs of LGBTQ people to smoke screen far more, I think, treacherous um, uh, things to come. Uh, what, uh, what I'm excited about is the opportunity to use this as an educational tool to make sure that people see it on the broadcast uh, we're talking about. And uh, we're also going to be doing uh, something with WrestleCon. We have uh, a line of merch. We have t-shirts, pins, and posters. And we're going to be donating 20% um, of the proceeds from, uh, from that merchandise to the, our friends at the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Uh, those who know me know that uh, that charity is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Judy and Dennis Shepard are like surrogate parents to me and Matt's story is one of such importance that we cannot forget and this is also coming in a year now where they we're about to come upon the 25th anniversary of Matt's uh, horrific murder and uh, right now we need Judy and Dennis Shepard and the, the work of the Matthew Shepard Foundation more than ever as they continue to fight for uh, us and for uh, equality for all. Um, you know, Dennis Shepard often says, we're not fighting for gay rights. We're not fighting for LGBTQ rights. Those are the kind of things that we say that they quote unquote refer to as buzzwords in the media. And it takes it off the focus. What we're fighting for, what they're fighting for is human rights, equality for all. And we have to start when we do address the media, speaking out that way, we were fighting, you know, for equality. We were telling the stories of LGBTQ people uh, and the community, but ultimately the goal is for us to have equality uh, and uh, be treated with the same dignity and respect where we expect others to be treated. No, and, and that's an incredibly worthy mission. And, and uh, you know, Matthew's parents with the foundation have done amazing work to to address the those inequities um 
in, in the times that they've that they've been uh, you know doing that advocacy work as well. Well, if and you think a- if you think about this, you know, Judy and Dennis Shepard took the money that was given to them while Matt was in the hospital, and within and by the time of December first, which was Matt's which is Matt's birthday, in addition to being World AIDS Day, um, what a lot of people also don't realize about Matt is not there's a significance to that as well in that people, many people did not know that Matt was HIV positive. And so his birthday also comes upon a day that also represents, you know, who he was uh, in terms of his, his health and wellness. Uh, and the fact that they, within nearly two months, almost two months to, to the day, you know, to the day of his murder, just shy of a week, maybe a week shy, they started that foundation and continue to fight to this day and work. And I, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to um, give back to them. I wish it were in different, uh, I wish it were different, it was for a different reason we were supporting them. Uh, I wish it didn't have to be because Matt is no longer with us. But I do know that in, you know, in his memory that uh, whatever little bit we can do in terms of raising awareness and uh, continuing to work with them, that um, we'll be able to utilize this film uh, in the long run for ways to help uh, help uh, fight for some much needed change. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's incredibly vital to continue to do that work, especially in the currently very dangerous environment for um, LGBTQ, specifically trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming people as well. Like it's it's. It's immensely frustrating and and to see it continue to devolve the way that it does is, you know, it's one of those things that could just suck the spirit out of you in and, a lot of ways. You know, and, it, and, it, and, you know, and I fear the way that these laws are written, the way that it will impact these performers. I mean, and specifically because a lot of these states that are enacting these laws, these drag laws, these anti-trans bills are states that have a strong history with professional wrestling. And it's a lot of the places where many of our, our trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming performers are working right now. I mean, the idea that you know a Sunny Kiss or an Edith Surreal could potentially go by, or Dark Sheik could wrestle in those territories and be arrested in those states uh, just for living their truth is horrifying to me. And the way those laws are written so loosely, they could almost in fact be applied to even to people, even people like Effie, just for the sake of the fact that Effie is wearing fishnets or if anybody's wearing just the slightest bit of makeup, just for being who they are. This is nothing more than a smokescreen for far darker, deeper, more hateful, rhetoric and it needs to be stopped it needs to be changed it needs to be highlighted and you know if out in the ring can be just a minuscule part of that in terms of helping be used as a tool to uh enact change to uh create awareness and also highlight these immensely talented people who are living their dreams and living their truth uh maybe in a space that a lot of people didn't think that they would uh, find uh, an interest in, then, then I, I'm glad to have been the person to kind of uh, be the, you know, the, the, the person to shine a light on those stories. 
No, I mean, it is the um, it is the the right time for films like Out in the Ring and and other films that focus on the history of our communities and you know the 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 various issues that have historically faced them and because it's a lot it's it's like history repeats itself in a lot of ways it's just they do they find new avenues to attack in that the way saying, and the saying is those those who forget are doomed to repeat themselves and yeah. it's 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 why you know when anybody says do we really have to keep talking about the holocaust well yes we do because it yeah. can happen it can happen again and in a sense you know the eradication of you know, when the word when words eradicate are used by leaders in government to define trans people when presenting speeches, uh, that's exactly what happened to uh, the Jewish community and the Jewish population around the world during the Holocaust. Um, those la that language is dangerous. It can be applied again to uh, uh, the African-American, the African-Canadian community can be applied to, it's being, uh, it's being applied to what's the, the Ukrainian, you know, what is it, a sense ostensibly a genocide in the Ukraine. Um, it's, it's terrifying. And um, usually this is the point when they know that they're losing the battle. And this is the time that we have to line up and use every tool. Uh, my film is but a small minuscule tool uh, and it's, it's, it's one way to do that. There are far more deeper and important things that we can be doing, uh, but they know they're losing. That's why. And they're going to come back harder. And if we don't fight back and um, to quote Bruce Coburn, kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight, um, we're, we are, we are doomed to repeat this and it, and it can, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're at a time right now where we're going to use this, wrestling space you know this week i mean i think to highlight it as you said this is the queerest wrestlemania week i think we've seen in a long time there's so many amazing events going on uh, that speak to the community so many of our amazing allies that'll be standing alongside us and then hopefully um we'll use their platforms as well to uh elevate and shine a light on all the many horrible things that are happening so that but Let's, but let's also talk about, you know, the beautiful and wonderful things that are a part of this. You know, Effie's Big Gay Brunch is upon us. And the idea that uh, we're going to be seeing some new talents who have just come out of the closet, uh, perform for the first yes. time, uh, is wonderful. Uh, that amazing people who have yet, who have not um, been able to appear on a show like that. People like Fred Rosser, who we know well is doing so much with block the hate and his message. Uh, Karam has just recently come out of the project, you know, um, you know, uh, out of the, you know, the closet and uh, come full circle and, you know, is living their truth. I, I you know, it's a wonderful, it's going to, I think it's going to be a wonderful event. And uh, the fact that I also get to share that with a legend like Tex Green, who uh, definitely deserves her flowers and so we'll be at big gay brunch as well uh cheering along those talents and meeting people awesome how how is tex feeling about about coming to to wrestlemania weekend for this texas uh texas tex tex is excited <laughs> tex uh tex is uh, looking to uh do whatever she can to uh, reconnect with her uh, her dear friends from the past that she rode up and down the road with. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that this um, this amazing woman 
you know, uh, who is this incredible voice for the LGBTQ plus community, not just in wrestling, but in general, um, was running the roads, uh, you know, all over the globe, including New Zealand and Australia with people like Ric Flair, uh, Japan, alongside Sergeant Slaughter, uh, has, you know, was part of, uh, you know, what is essentially the first uh, lesbian tag team, if you think about it, with uh, an interracial lesbian tag team with Sandy Parker. Um, this, you know, she's she's excited, but she's also excited because she really hasn't had the chance yet to connect with a lot of the younger LGBTQ plus talent and to share her story and get to meet these amazing performers that she paved the way for. She's part of it. Her alongside Jim Barnett, Sandy Parker. Chris Colt, Chris Canyon, Joni Lauer, uh, any Nicole Bass, any number of these people, uh, you know, who are just so important and vital. Um, I was talking to Effie in Toronto at the recent GCW show, and we were talking about how the UK brunch is going to have uh, uh, Kendo Nagasaki, Pete Thornley uh, uh, attending. Uh, yes. So these people, these performers who have never had the chance to interact with the people that they paved the way for in so many ways. I imagine that's one of the most gratifying things, like having someone like Tex on the road with you, with these, not just with the audiences, but with the fellow panelists as well. It's just been a, an amazing thing to watch these, um, these interactions from the sidelines, so to speak. I've been very blessed to have amazing, you know, to have had Sonny at screenings. Uh, this will be the first screening that Effie's been able to attend just because he's so busy. Yeah. But to think that Sonny Kiss and we had Danny Jordan in Montreal. Uh, we had Mike Perro at the Montreal screening. In Toronto, we had, you know, Tex. We had Texter for the world premiere. We had Steve Blair, um, who's a retired independent LGBTQ wrestler from Toronto. Uh, and we, and, you know, and many of our great allies um, who are very, very well-renowned, you know, historians of wrestling, people like, you know, you know, I mean, allies are vital to this as well. In a lot of cases, they were the only historians for a period of time. Um, you know, there's, you know, obviously we've, we know, you know, there's yourself and, you know, Wade Keller have come along since this time, but the people who were documenting those stories in the past um, were not out. So we have, we have our allies like a Bertrand, Ebert, who was Pat Patterson's biographer. Um, Pat Laprade uh, is is an amazing journalist and writer who has had his own, you know, has had his own uh, moments in time and reckonings. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's had to learn and grow and 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 you know and find ways to make amends and has done so. Uh, I think the only way we change hearts and minds is by allowing people to uh, stumble and, and, uh, and then eventually pick themselves up and, uh, and make changes and, uh, and improve the situation for it. You know, obviously there are certain people who do these things that we just cannot, you know, that we obviously we can't, you know, erase certain individuals who've done certain things in and outside of the community. But I think there's room, there's gotta be room for some forgiveness here and an opportunity for people to learn. Uh, it's the only way we're going to make change is if we if we allow people to make some mistakes. Um, I think the Briscoes were a good example of that. Um, you know, I think the reason people 
like Poyo and so many others were willing to step up to the plate is that Jay, Jay and Mark Briscoe made, you know, they, they knew what they said was wrong. They have done everything in their power. They had did, had done everything in their power to try to make amends for those things. And they don't shy away and they own what they said. And I think that that's uh, a key to this as well. Uh, you know, I also want to you know point out that Greg Oliver has been an incredible ally and friend uh, to this project, and and Vandal Drummond also, who had the opportunity to interview many people that we knew, like Sandy Parker, uh, like Chris Colt, uh, knows his history, and again, you know, himself uh, knows that you know working with Johnny Legend that there was some dubious representations in in the work that he did. Uh, all we can do is hope to improve and do better and 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 again not forget so as not so as not to repeat again what has happened no and i think that's why i i view the film like you said it's not the biggest tool out there to combat this stuff but it is a tool nonetheless right and you need as many tools as you can especially whenever it is focused on one direct community like this is with the pro wrestling world these are stories that you know need to be told because for the longest time even for us that were engaged in the pro wrestling world like really pat patterson was the only person that we really knew about it's going like beyond like you know the era that we're currently in now and that sort of thing so to, to have these stories in a place where we can tell them like it works as a as a great um teacher about our own histories that systemically get erased in in all kinds of areas of culture well i think i also wanted to you know in the case of somebody like pat patterson i also wanted to write some of the uh i wanted to write some of the untruths that were applied to pat's legacy um we're never going to be able to erase it because it's there now and it's implanted you know, people, you know, people can speculate all they want just by watching, you know, the high spots video, uh, the interview that Roddy Piper did um, that is so uh, ambiguous that insinuates that maybe Pat had done something nefarious. Uh, but one of the things, you know, we've realized since then is, you know, with people like Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham, retracting what he said about Pat, uh, that people explaining and defining, uh, the time, a time and a place when people did things that were really inappropriate, said inappropriate things, did that doesn't make it right. But Pat was a victim of of a time when you know ribs and and mockery and such were commonplace in wrestling, and the fact that Pat wasn't public about his uh, about who he was. Um, to the general population around his around about his homosexuality made made him an easy target and it uh and it has led uh you know a lot of a lot of uh ambiguity and a lot of insinuation and you know that you know my goal with the film in terms of my telling the story was to make sure that people understood pat's story fully and uh and, as 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 much as i could present and tell it and also, you know, to and and to to do that with you know others whose voices are no longer here, you know, to make sure that people understood the struggles that a Chris Canyon went through, um, and not just from a perspective of white, you know, white cis heterosexual males, you know, telling that story, 
um, you know, previous, you know, other tellings of Chris's story have not been told by our community. There was never consulting of those people. Uh, there was never consulting of uh, people of color about Chris. There was never consulting of women about Chris. So it was the, you know, it was important for me to make sure that people understood that Joni Lauer was a part of our community uh, and that the, you know, that part of what led to her pain and downfall was also having to not be, was also not being able to live her truth and also being the victim of, you know, of terrible transphobic abuse of, of, of body modification of, of, you know, gender bias of so many things. And just, you know, to make sure that everybody knows who was part of this, because there's a fabric of queer representation in pro wrestling that goes back to, you know, goes back 80 plus years. Yeah, it is important to know that history as we continue to build on it now with the the emergence that we've seen in the past five years is only only going to continue to grow honestly at this point um rye always a uh, always fun to sit down with you and chat i'm excited for the weekend i'm excited to be in that room with you and all the people that are attending let everybody know where they can find uh you online or where they can get details about going to the screening on sunday Certainly. and also when you're going to be at wrestlecon oh yes sir well, we'll start out with the wrestlecon dates I'll be signing at the uh, out in the ring tables. We have two tables. I'll be signing alongside Poyo Del Mar, uh, Susan Tex Green, and Danny Jordan uh, on uh, Friday, March 31st from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Uh, you'll find us at the Big Gate Brunch on Saturday, April 1st, which that starts around 11 a.m. at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. And then on Sunday, April 2nd, from 9 until 12, we'll be signing at WrestleCon. Effie will also be there signing, and there will be a number of other Amazing Out talents. I know that the Acclaimed is going to be there. Uh, there's going to be many other talents there. And then this all culminates with a kickoff red carpet at 1 p.m., followed by a screening at 1.30 p.m. of Out in the Ring at the Highland 3 Theaters, uh, which are on uh, North Figueroa. And uh, we'll be there for a Q&A and moderated by uh, yourself, the amazing Brian Bell. And we'll, uh, we'll be able to uh, share the film with um, those who've been wanting to see it for so long. And if they want to find out how they get tickets, they can follow us on Twitter at Out in the Ring, on Instagram at Out in the Ring Doc, or uh, by emailing uh, out in the ring at outlook.com to RSVP for that screening, get your tickets. And you can also find out at our website, out in the ring.com. There you go. Hit up the emails, hit up the DMS, hit up some way to come check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Rye again. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Always happy to be on with you. My thanks once again to both Lady Berica and Rye for taking the time to come on the show and talk about the events that they are producing and that they are working on here in LA during WrestleMania week. Um, I'm really excited to be at those events uh, as well as other various wrestling events throughout the week. Um, and really truly honored that, that Rye uh, asked me to, you know, moderate the, the Q and a panel after the screening of the documentary. It's one of those things that I never really saw on the horizon whenever I got into this job, but um, I'm glad that I 
get surprised by these wonderful, wonderful opportunities. So um, if you're in the LA area on Sunday, April 2nd, tickets are free. Just DM out in the ring on Twitter and uh, and get added to the guest list and all that good stuff. There's going to be a red carpet there. I don't even know what to do on a red carpet. Do you know what to do on a red I don't know. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. Um, as this is going to drop on Wednesday, that means festivities are already underway in, in some facets. I know shows get kicked off with Dark Arts Entertainment and uh, Pandemonium Pro and Relentless, a triple header at Don Quixote. So uh, for those that are going to be enjoying the week's festivities in person, have fun, be safe. Um, for those watching at home, have fun, be safe. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited, and I think I need to stop talking, or I'm just going to keep repeating myself and that sort of thing uh, at too fast of a pace for my own mouth. So I will say goodbye for now. We will we will be back next week with uh, a, a few shows. Well, we haven't necessarily decided the lineup yet for our post WrestleMania week shows. Obviously, we're going to have a show covering for the culture. We're going to have a show covering the Big Gay Brunch. Um, no shows covering WrestleMania because, like I said months ago, if Vincent Mann was on the board of directors, we aren't covering WrestleMania on this show. That's how the 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 events have worked themselves out. So, no WrestleMania recap shows this year. Um, that's just me putting my foot down on on certain things. So, yeah, we'll figure out the rest. Um as the weekend and, and next week progress and we'll go forward there, but you're at least going to get those two shows for the culture and big game brunch. So yeah. So y'all come back for those. Uh, and until then y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated, boosted. If at all possible, same goes for monkeypox. I know that that's been downgraded, but I'm still going to say it. Um, and uh, rest in peace to uh, Lily Savage. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the 